It's the final hour of the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Brought to you by Chris Nickel Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. We want you to get involved right now on the Neuropathy Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072. Or on the phone line at 918-879-1170. 754 on the Blitz 1170. Some folks have already hit us on that uh, Neuropy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. Do it again at 918-262-5072, especially if you have a question for this dude. Todd Anderson, head basketball coach over at Collinsville, and the Cardinals are playing more than just well, playing their tails off. Todd, congratulations on a nice and a tough win over Memorial and moving on now to the area tournament. That's a heck of a win. Well, thank you, and thanks for having me on this morning. Tell us a little bit about that, beating that. I mean, that's a Memorial team has got a lot of history with it. I know none of that makes any difference in the playoffs because you're playing this year's team, but that's that's a chore right there. Yeah, you know, Coach Allison does a heck of a job with them. You wouldn't have that many state championships um, and that many regional championships in area without doing that. Um, you know, I thought they were really uh, playing a lot better towards the end of the year. Um, that was our second time playing them, actually. Um, so we're very fortunate to, to get by with that one. So, uh, you know, if not everyone is familiar with your basketball team, we uh, certainly try to keep up with everybody, but there's so many in, in high school basketball. I know you had four starters back. What's your year been like? Certainly very successful. I think 20 and four overall, but give us some breakdown. Give us some highlights of your guys. Well, we're, we're 20 and four overall. Uh, take Booker T out of it. We're 20 and one. So, <laughs> So we've, we've had a heck of a year. Uh, you know, we're kind of anchored by our 6'9 kid, Zach Brown. Um, he, he's really done well this year. He's a, you know, two-year starter, you know, like you said. Um, Aiden Anderson, our point guard's done a great job, you know, facilitating and being able to hit shots. Uh, got senior Nick Circles, um, who's done a, just a heck of a job um, all year long, kind of getting to the basket, being able to shoot it as well. Uh, Austin Norman and our uh, another junior guard for us. Uh, you know he made some big plays. Him and Circles in that uh, you know Memorial game, kind of uh, being able to to break that one open. I think we were up uh, 17 at one point in that one. And then you know Kane Abshire's another one, you know forward for us that was able to make some plays around the basket for us in that one. And you know he's having a heck of a year as well. And then we, you know, had some guys off the bench that have really contributed in uh, Walton Cavanaugh, Jace Harold, and uh, Noah Warden this year. Yeah, you want to make sure we get all those names out there. So you come into the year with those four starters back. You know, you've got the one big guy who was who averaged a double double last year. So you know, you have expectations. However, every year's a little different. How did the mixing of this team go together early? Did they come together exactly like you wanted? Certainly, your record shows they did. Yeah, you know, it kind of started, you know, over the summer. We had a good summer with them. And, you know, kind of ended the year last year. We started a lot of young ones, kind of lost some early, ended up, you know, winning the conference last year uh, with them, kind of with those sophomores and juniors. And then, you know, coming back, we knew this year with that experience, you know, we we had a chance to be pretty good. So when you when you're playing a team, you, you mentioned Booker T, and yeah, that's that was a bugaboo. I get it because certainly you know you, you, some of your losses, well, three of them come there. What is it about that team? It's a bad matchup for you guys. Oh, they're just you know they're a good team. I mean they're ranked number one in five A for a reason. Um, you know they've got quick athletic guards. They shoot it well. Um, you know we kind of 
uh, you know, the first time they beat us 30, second time 10, third time three. So we kind of whittled it down each time. <laughs> well, you know, you do find something about somebody every time you do it, don't you? 7.58 here on the yeah. Blitz 11.70, talking to Todd Anderson, head basketball coach over at Collinsville. Bryce? Coach, you beat that Memorial team 46-40. to 40. That was more of a, a low-scoring, scrappy game. What does it mean to your team that uh, to you that your team can win in a more gritty, low-scoring matchup, especially at such an important time of year? Well, it says a lot just about their toughness and, and competitiveness to be able to get stops, you know, down the stretch like that. Especially when it got close, you know, in that game, uh, like I mentioned, we had built a 17-point lead there, and then they kind of came roaring back. Um, and then we were kind of able to withstand that and get stops down the stretch when we needed it, um, you know, and be able to maintain, uh, you know, and get that win. Well, let's look at Holland Hall a little bit. Teddy Owens has really done some work over there. Not that they you know, were bad before, but Teddy's done fantastic work. They, of course, had a couple of pretty easy wins. I mean, they shellacked Coweta pretty good. When you look at Holland Hall, what concerns you? What do you see? What are you impressed by? Well, I think Coach Owens, you, you, you're right. He's done a heck of a job there. Um, and this is one of his best teams, you know, of course, he's had. Of course, they were really good last year, too, and returned some of those guys. Um, you know, they got two that, that really score it well. And uh, really, they got four that could go get double digits on you with Levine, Wilson, uh, Tabor, Bitten, um, all those guys. And then the uh, Gibson kid uh, is able to hit shots there as well. Um, of course, Wilson and Benton have kind of been their guys all year and able to score well. Um, you know, we, we've just got to do a good job defensively, you know, on all of them. It's not, you know, I don't think they're just a, you know, a two-guy uh, show, so to speak. You know, they won a lot of games when Wilson was out, and, you know, those other guys had stepped up for them. A couple more minutes here with Todd Anderson, head basketball coach over at Collinsville. You know, in, anytime you're in a game like this and you have a, a kind of a senior-led group, you realize that the next one can be the last one many times. How do you approach that with your team? How do you approach it personally? Because you might really like being around a certain group or, you know, you know, you know, you kind of sometimes think to yourself, man, this is a great chance. How do you handle all that? Well, you know, every year, you know, especially at a place like Collinsville, when you've had the kids since, you know, at least since seventh grade, most of them, um, but some of them, you know, with this group I've known since they were kindergartners. So, you know, going into their, you know, here kind of in the final stages of it, it's it's always sad as a coach because, you know, you, you grow attached to those guys. Um, so you, you want to keep playing and, and get the most, you know, out of your time with them. How do you do that, though, without making them nervous? You know, especially as they get older, you realize time's coming to a close, and they know that, too. You you want them to think about it, but you don't want them to be you don't want them to be bothered by it. Oh, you know, enjoy the moment. You, you don't get many moments, you know, like that. Be you know thankful that you're, you know, in the area tournament with a chance to go to the state tournament. You know, extend your season. You know, anytime if you're able to play your last game in the state tournament, you know that's an amazing accomplishment. Uh, you know, I think it's just kind of focusing on that stuff and just enjoy the ride. So if you finish this sentence for me, for our team to beat Holland Hall, we must play really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that probably wraps it all up right there. All right. Well, this one's going to be Friday. That is a four to six o'clock game at Sand Springs. That matter to you, the which gym it's in? No, not at all. 
long as there are hoops on both sides, you'll go play, right? Exactly. All right. Todd, I appreciate your time. Congratulations on a fantastic year, and good luck against Hall and Hall. All right. Thank you. You betcha. Todd Anderson, Collinsville. He is their head basketball coach, as I mentioned. Now, if you look at Hall and Hall, they beat Pryor 73-29. Then they beat Coweta 69-28. So that's how they got to where we are. Collinsville had a little bit of a rougher time. Now, they didn't with Durant. They went 60-28 to in that opener. But then, as Bryce had pointed out, they beat Memorial 46-40. And look, just beating Memorial is a thing. But to get there where you are. So they they were on that bottom line right there. Holland Hall and Collinsville. Your other winner's brackets were every tournament games. Memorial and East Central. That one's going to be Friday in Owasso. Then there's Booker T against Edison. That's also going to be Friday in Owasso. There's Sepulpa against Rogers. That one's over in Sand Springs. And then I mentioned, of course, Holland Hall and Collinsville. And that is the 5A boys east bracket. Of course, we aren't even talking about the west. And they're still playing over there, too. And it's the one time of the year, you know, when you talk football and and we talk west, meh. You Mm. talk basketball and you talk west, you got to pay attention. There's some... Really high-quality players over there. So let's 1170-803. That is Bryce Hall's in the other room. I'm Rick Corey here on this uh, Wednesday drive to work. By the way, when the Oilers are home, which they are tonight, the, the Oilers are home tonight, anytime they're home, we do what we call the blitz upgrade. And that means what what we do is we call out some seat numbers during the game, and they're generally some less expensive seats, and we're going to take somebody out of those seats, and we're going to take them right down and put them right by the action. It's called the blitz upgrade. Now, the other thing you can do, I do believe they're home this Sunday. Matter of fact, the Oilers, I don't know, this happens so fast. There are only three home games left in the last five weeks. I mean, three in five weeks, uh, home games-wise. And anytime they're home on a Sunday, you can skate on the ice with the players. That's called Sunday Fun Day. And it gives you an opportunity to either rent skates or, or bring your own. You can bring some if you have them. And as soon as the game's over, right out on the ice with the players, and you can skate, you and your family, and have yourself a good time. It is the Blitz upgrade. That's the tickets. And it's the Sunday fun day from the Oilers and the Blitz 1170. I'm in contact with them, by the way, about the ice center opening yeah. at the Wee Street Ice Center. They're going to have their big event. I think it's the 9th, which is a Saturday. Uh, in okay. March, uh, and and I asked them about us broadcasting live from over there maybe the day before. So we'll see if we can do that. I know Zach, is, uh, their play-by-play guy, Zach Reynolds, uh, said he was going over. He hadn't been, and he said in a little bit, and he's going for another tour today. So he, once he gets over there and takes a look at everything, I think we might have a chance, hopefully. And I'm, I'm sure yeah, it'll, the grand opening begins at 10 a.m. on Saturday, running until 6. Yeah, and I know they're going to do 9th. they're going to do a media event uh, before that. Um, I won't be able to go because I'll be going to and from Oklahoma City with Lindsay, but I will do a media event before that. But I've asked them about broadcasting, so I'd like to go out there that Friday, maybe. Yeah, and do a show out there, and, and that way we can take some pictures, video, and look around ourselves before it all opens up. And I think as much as anything, people just want it's just going to be a curiosity. Just want to go see it. When you hear about the two sheets of ice and you hear about the way it's going to be built, I get this vision in my mind of the old forum right here at Williams Center, you know, where you had the one ice sheet there and they're going to have two. But then you had the the open area above it and the different levels of restaurants and things like that. And, you know, there was even a movie theater over there. I don't know if anybody remembers that. But down in the bottom, there was a – I I say in the bottom because you – if you were down by the ice on the – I think it was far wall, which would probably be this, the north wall. There was a staircase that went downstairs, and there was a movie theater down there. I don't know what the heck's down there now, but there's a movie theater down there. So, I mean, that's what comes to mind with me is the old forum. 
And I don't have any idea if it's going to look like that. It's just what comes to mind. Yeah, I don't, I don't know for sure, but it's. I really look forward to, especially when you think about OSU and OU and their little hockey yeah, programs right. and everything, uh, being able to play in there. Uh, it could be it, it could become like their own little area, right? Pretty cool. Yeah, you would think so. I think it'd be really cool for them to. I think always, you know, you ought to play there. I mean, I know they're playing yeah. to be okay, and playing before an Oilers game is really nice. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you could use that kind of almost as a home rink if you want. Yeah, because when we I, talk about like that intimate setting, to yeah. be able to have like a, a lot of OU and OSU fans packed into there, yeah. that'd be pretty cool. It would be. I and, you know going over to see what the you know what the little restaurant is like and what the bars and things are like around there. And then the other thing is how it kind of interacts with that building. With most of that building being shut down i mean i'm i'm assuming yeah. it's just all walled off so you don't get anywhere else but it does tell you this parking won't be hard <laughs> i saw mm-hmm. uh, you know i saw the door i drove by was on the south side so it's on the residential street not the one facing yale the yale 41st yeah yale not the one facing yale uh is i went by the other one where i could kind of look in the other day it's been a while so i haven't been back over that time but i am in contact with them to see if we can't go do it because it could be a lot of fun to be able to do it 807 here on the blitz 1170 he is bryce Hulse. i'm rick Corey. coming up in a few minutes tyler cast from thv 11 over in little rock he's our arkansas insider somehow they found a way to lose to vanderbilt last night now Khalif battle has been fantastic lately and he was again he had like 36 last night he had 41 the last time out, uh, but but they shot 40% and let Vandy shoot 51. And that Vanderbilt team is one that I think you and I could give trouble. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this is just, I mean, that, you talk about cratering at the end of the year. I feel for those guys over there. We'll find out what uh, he has to look forward to, which I think is spring football, bas- baseball, and softball, right? Because they're really good in, in at least two of those things, and we'll see what's going to happen in football. We'll do that with Tyler coming up at about 830 here on the Blitz 1170. The Blitz text line is always open, 918-262-5072. You can text us anything you want at any time. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Houston Rockets 112-95 for their sixth straight win. SGA scored 31 points for the Thunder, Jalen Williams added 24, and Chet Holmgren had a double-double with 18 points and 13 rebounds. The Thunder will be at the Spurs tomorrow. The Oklahoma State Cowgirls knocked off 25th-ranked West Virginia 68-61 on last night in GIA. The senior night win gives OSU their seventh conference win and fourth win over a ranked team in the J.C. Hoyt era. The Cowgirls will be at Baylor on Sunday. And tonight, the 20th-ranked OU women's basketball team will have an opportunity to win the Big 12 as they welcome third-ranked Texas to the LNC. Tip-off for that one is at 6 o'clock. That's the Wonder World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holse on the Butts 1170 and streaming on the Butts 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. It's the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. A couple of folks have done that today. Love to have you do it as well. 918-262-5072. He's Bryce Hulse. I'm Rick Corey. Still to come in just a few minutes, Tyler Cass from THV 11 over in Little Rock. He's our Arkansas insider. Wouldn't it cool just to hear baseball? Yeah, but just hearing the crack of the bat that Shohei Otani has, <laughs> yes. it's just unlike anything anything that other players have in baseball. It's just incredible to hear. It is, and you know, as a guy who's been fortunate enough to stand right next to Major League batting cages, even at a World Series, there are guys who de- do have that. They have a resonance when they hit, 
and everybody's a little bit different. I know I, I, I watched George Brett and got to know George, but I watched him a lot uh, either at Royal Spring Training or, of course, in the World Series, too. And there was a smoothness to that. Brett, when he hit the ball, it, it mean, it, yeah, you heard the sound, but it never exploded like you just heard there. Yeah. It was a little bit of a different sound, you know. And I know I remember I was standing at ooh, it was Vero Beach with the Dodgers. And Lasorda, which was trying to interview Tommy Lasorda, is like trying to interview a mouse. <laughs> and I don't mean it's small. I mean, it never stops moving. I mean, he's just oh. like, he's just all over the place. He was at 100 miles an hour of energy. A uh, little ball of, you know, chubby little guy. He, just, he was everywhere. And I was trying to interview him, but the, the, then I hear this crack and I turn around and it, I, I look over and I thought, who is this guy? It was Piazza. Wow. It was when Mike Piazza had first gotten there. And I mentioned somebody else, and I finally was able to catch up to Lasorda, and I mentioned somebody else, and he goes, you want to talk about somebody? Watch this. And we were standing by the batting cage, and when Piazza would do that, and he had some of that same sound, I mean, it was just this enormous explosion off the bat. But, yeah, you hear Otani's, and it's different. And I heard I was reading somebody yesterday from the Dodgers that said, you know, yeah, certainly he was across town, and you see him, and there was the Crosstown series. He said, I had no idea how big strong and fast he is which i never thought of that i never saw him you know i mean yeah right. you see him because his position is yeah. you know you and, and seen a lot of that so apparently he's i mean he's not going to pitch this year at all but apparently when it comes to the bat he's doing okay yeah and i haven't paid a lot of attention to spring training baseball yet i will uh but that was just really cool to hear we, you know, you've I, heard mostly about the pants right yeah yes <laughs> more yes. than anything yeah and you see the royals that were in the news yesterday because in the new deal for Major League Baseball, everybody has the same size numbers and letters on their jerseys. And the Royals have always had bigger, um, not only the numbers are bigger, but the names, the, the letters mm -hmm. were bigger. And they were sense. able to make a deal. They're the only Major League team that has bigger letters on their jersey. Wow. And I don't know how they did it. I know I just saw a picture of them, and they're all baby blues, which they've always kind of had as a Sunday uniform, you know, mm -hmm. or sometimes road. And I saw them with that, and I thought, wow, they were able to do that because somehow that hadn't happened for anybody else. And then, of course, all the major leaguers complaining about the see-through pants. Mm -hmm. So they're they're fixing that, too. I just I go back to, really, you did this with those guys? I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. You're the <clears throat> major leagues. Yeah. How can you not make your own stuff or, I mean, come on. It's just oh, that, that. we st we still find a way to realize oh. that like uh, even some of the people in charge still just don't know. Hey, let's <laughs> use fanatics because if you've ever bought anything from them, and I have, it no, you know, for what you pay for, and, and well, trust me, it's not really that cheap either. But you know, generally, mm. for what it might cost to get, I mean, I know, I know, I know, Jeremy has a couple of authentic Niners things, and then he has knockoff Niners things, like we all do. Right. And some you look at them and sometimes you're like, you yeah, boy, that really looks different. And sometimes it doesn't look so different. Some of the stuff I've gotten from fanatics has been vastly different. And some was like, you know what? That's not so bad. I bought a an A&M baseball jersey because it's the maroon white pinstripe. Oh, yeah. And I ordered it in my size and it came in in what must be an Asian size okay. because it wasn't daddy's size. I'll tell you mm -hmm. that. And so I gave it to Delaney and it actually is made really well. But I also ordered something from them that was a Tulsa thing, and it looks awful. <laughs> I mean, it looks like it looks like somebody crayoned it on there, and then basically hand stitched it together, 
It would, it's, it's ridiculous. So I can't imagine the major leagues thought this is a good idea. But they did, and now they're working through it. All right, something I mentioned yesterday as we were closing up. I asked if you'd ever heard of ice football. Did you look into that? Uh, yeah, I, I saw a few clips of it, and I'm very intrigued. I, I want it on the fast track here yes. at Tulsa. Yes, yes, yes. Now, I saw this on X, formerly Twitter, and it comes from Bar- Barstool Big Cat. And it says, I think it's the first time a non-NFL CFB product has a legitimate chance this rules. And there's a, a clip here, and I could play the clip, but it's not in English. As a matter of fact, all it says here when I'm looking at this is south and north. I don't have any idea who these teams are. Do you? Mm. No, not, not from the clip that I saw. But it's one, what two, up? three, four. One, two, three, four. Looks like five, one, two, three, four, five or six players aside. And they are they are dressed in hockey, basically hockey uniforms, but they're playing football or attempting to play football. Did you see the I dude? Like attempting. <laughs> did you see the dude with the extra point kick? Oh, I only saw the touchdown and just him tiptoeing to the yes, end zone. Right. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's basically running a sweep, if you will, and, and the dude is trying to not fall as he goes to the side. It showed it. But then they show the extra point, and the guy just falls flat on his tail. Yeah. Well, how can you not if you're going to try to approach and kick? Hey, he hit the. Uh, uh, are you sure? Are you sure in the one that he actually kicked it first? Yes. Yeah, I mean he hit the upright. He got he close, but yeah, he fell yeah. on his rear. So. Yeah, right. He, yeah, so he hit the upright. He doinked it, mm. and then he went straight on his butt. <laughs> All right. So uh, oh, I got to tell you, I would go watch this at least once. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I just, I just saw one play of a guy doing a little screen pass where he was backing up, yep. and when the running back catches it, he's still sliding towards the quarterback, <laughs> like he has to stop all of his momentum to get back. It's just so great. I don't know where this is. I, I, I mean, I'm reading the billboards, and they're in English, and the, the billboard or the you know the sideboard itself that says Nissan on it, and then there's something that says Crazy B something. But I can't read all of it, and, and I don't have any idea. I, I haven't done enough research to know exactly where they are. Yeah. But I'm going to have to look into this. Now, if you've heard of this, let us know at 918-262-5072. If you've heard of it, if you have, I mean, if you've been to one, for, for goodness sake, I'd love to know about that. And I'd like to know, first of all, why didn't we think of this earlier? It's broadcast in Germany. Okay, so that's I've where this is that. from. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, look at look at them! Very innovative. We need to steal that. The signs are in English, though. That's the thing. That's what I'm confused by. Is because I don't know if it's that would that would be weird though if it was in our place, but they're only having a German broadcast. You know, like that's because <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. what I was kind of thinking too. I was like, is it here? But they're only broadcasting it in Germany. I mean, yeah, that I, make I any don't sense. know if that's the case or not. It it the it is the let's see the home of. How would you say that? Now? I'm not. Does it start gonna, with a B? Yeah, no. I'm not even going to try to say it because I'd I'd say something then get us all fired. So I'm not going to do that. Uh, but there are a lot of clips of it here, and I just, you know, I, I've seen a lot of things. I I look at and I really immediately think that's stupid. I look at that and I think, oh, that's got a chance. I mean, just because it's so weird. I'm when indoor soccer first came here. I remember going to the pavilion because I was a Roughnecks fan. And watching that, and I all all the way there, all I expect is, oh, what's this going to be like? Well, this is not going to be. I mean, come on, how can you take it? And then you got there, and you were like wild. It was so much fun. I mean, it was just, 
Pretty I said this before. Pace, right? It was pinball with people, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the goal is not very big, and they're hammering it at you from 15 yards away. I don't know how goalkeepers didn't lose all their teeth. I mean, and it was uh, guys with great legs and guys, I mean, great legs as far as kicking the ball a long way and kicking it hard. Mm-hmm. Got, you know, just, I mean, they would move a player. And you've got to be so much more skilled to pass and those things. I had a great time. But on the way there, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to think about this. You know, I'm a goes. soccer fan, right? And you get inside, <laughs> you go, this is cool. I love this. I think this might be kind of the same thing. And honestly, i got to be honest. The first time I went to an arena game, arena football, I thought, man, I'm not going to like this. Really? I mean, I'm a purist. You know, I'm a mm-hmm. football guy, all that kind of stuff. And I got there, and I was just beside myself. I had so much fun. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that was probably the best eight years of my career was broadcasting talents football, eight to ten years, was uh, doing that. And I just had a wonderful time doing it. Love those guys. Love the game. Love Mitch and Marty and Craig and all the guys who were coaching. And Henry and Paul were fun to be around, the owners. And they, they treated me really well. And it was just – it was a great time. But I'd go to this. I swear to you I would go to this in a heartbeat. So I'm hoping – Maybe we need to find a way to get that. You know what? You on the docket. Well, I'm thinking. Andy Skirto loves promotion stuff. Eh? Mm. What if you did one of those games before an Oilers game? That'd be pretty awesome. We, 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 we could start out by doing it as the halftime and just sign about 50 waivers give people some football equipment yeah that that's got there's that's problematic yeah you got to <laughs> you got to buy all that stuff you want the teams to bring their own I volunteer yeah I think it would be I think it'd be a I great time to sign anything I We're have got to send this clip over to Zach and to Andy over there and see if maybe the Oilers would be interested in doing something like that because mm-hmm. I think having that before an Oilers game you know he's he they've done OUOSU they've done women's hockey beforehand Come on. And right. they own the, the Oilers indoor football team, too. So why not do that? I mean, oh, I think this would be, great, this would be a great time. I'm excited about one, it. One social media user said it looks like the NFL in 1929. <laughs> 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 That's great. <laughs> it does a little, actually. Yeah, absolutely it does. Uh, it's the Blitz 1170 at 824 here. He is Bryce Alzheimer recording. In a few minutes, we'll talk to Tyler Cass at THV and Little Rock, THV 11 Little Rock. I, this was from a couple of weeks ago, and I kept it because I wanted to get to it, but there's been so much other stuff to talk about. <laughs> Did you see the NFL <laughs> has found their drunkest fan base? No. Yes. They do this based on blood alcohol content readings from something called Backtrack. It's a breathalyzer right. app because apparently you download the app, and then some people, to make sure that they, you know, can drive home, will use it. And apparently it's used fairly commonly. Wow. all right. I actually worked with a guy once who had a breathalyzer thing on his car. It wouldn't start mm. until he... Ah, uh, they usually make you do that. Because he'd had issues. Yeah. So he had that on his car. He couldn't start his car until mm-hmm. that was clean. Anyway, they, they did this from over, over 28,000 tests. So a lot of people are using this right. leaving NFL games. <laughs> I, I have an idea of a fan base. That, America! That, that could be that way maybe outside the stadium and before the games in particular. Uh, well, but. I'm going to tell you who they are, but I'm not going to do it until we get to our ah. notes portion. I just wanted to All bring right. that up if you've never seen it. We will do it, I promise. It's 826. We'll take our break early and we can get to Tyler on time. It is the Blitz 1170. He is Bryce Hall. I'm Rick Corey. We're in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. Uh, if, you've, uh, if you've ever seen or would, would you go to ice football? Just text me yes or no. 
If I get enough yeses, I'll send this idea to Andy. Yes mm-hmm. or no, would you go to highest football? Let us know right here on the Blitz 1170. The Blitz is broadcasting in HD on your FM dial. Turn your HD-equipped radio to 106.9 KHTT HD2. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Tonight, the 20th-ranked OU women's basketball team will have an opportunity to win the Big 12 as they welcome third-ranked Texas to the LNC. Tip-off for that one is at 6 o'clock. In college softball, the OSU Cowgirls got the sweep over South Dakota State yesterday in their home opener, winning the first contest 11-2 and the second one 10-0. The Cowgirls will host Seattle this Friday at 3 p.m. And the Cowboy baseball team got dominated by 18th-ranked DBU 14-4 in seven innings. The Pokes fall to 4-4 four four on the season. They'll have their home opener at O'Brate Stadium Friday at 4 against Central Michigan. That's the Window World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Hulse on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Blitz 1170 weather provided by Community Care, your locally owned health plan. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. You can also text us at the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072. You'll notice nowhere in that sports update there did I mention that Arkansas lost to Vanderbilt last night. However, we can visit about it now with Tyler Cass, our Arkansas insider from THV 11 over in Little Rock. How in the world do you lose to Vandy? I don't know what you're talking about. Last I saw, Arkansas baseball was beating up on Grand Boys 21 to 1. <laughs> yes, they did. And then I just kind of blacked out, right? That, that's it. <laughs> no, it was, oh, man. The thing is, it was almost worse than it looked because Arkansas went on a mad scramble in the last few minutes to make it a game, you know, a chance to tie at the buzzer and everything. They hit eight of their last 10 shots. Got a steal with 15 seconds left. All kinds of things to to make it look closer than it was. I mean, Vandy led by I think 15 points with about 10 minutes to go. I mean, that that's that's a low point in a season full of low points. I mean, you can lose by 30 to Auburn, sure, at home, and that that's bad. But getting blown out by anything close to double digits to Vanderbilt, I mean, it's there was there was a lot of momentum. It felt like there was there was a bit of okay. They've won two games in a row. Sure, it's against an A and M team that you beat before, and a Missouri team that is as, as hapless as hapless gets. But it's something. You're moving in the right direction. All right, Vanderbilt's coming in. Let's make this three a little bit of a respectable finish to the season. But now that that that's all out the window. There's no more. Oh, you know, maybe if this team just. This goes on a little run, like, yeah. I mean, it's. I, I think that this is the one that that fully turns the the page to next year. How in the world did Musk not just self destruct? That was. I mean, he he was much much calmer than than I expected. I, I don't know if if I mean. Look, the other thing is too. Arkansas has now lost three in a row to Vanderbilt mm-hmm. uh, for the first time. Uh, in series history. So maybe he was a little more used to this, but I mean, I think he just kind of knows what he's got by now. There's no more like, Oh, you know, we just got to find the right buttons to press, move things around. It's taking a little longer than usual. 
um, he, he he's found what works. I mean, we've we've ta- been talking about this the last few weeks now. Like even in the losses, the, the effort's been there. They've been close. They've they've won a few more games. I mean, the last month has been easily the best bit of the season outside of the, the win over Duke, of course. But it's just not anywhere near enough. Yeah. You know, and, and one thing before we leave basketball, and we will happily on your part leave basketball, but are they kind of wasting Khalif battle right now? Well, they were – at least they're using him now. That's that's the thing. I mean, what, you have 42 points against Missouri, 36 last night. But here's a guy who a month and a half ago – was was on the bench multiple games in a row and and playing single digit minutes. Um, couldn't couldn't he was in the doghouse a little bit. Uh, Musk really didn't like. I think his defensive effort w- w- was a big issue. So I think yeah, I mean yeah, you you could very much say that this season as a whole that it's never figured out how to use him until it was. Too little, too late. Yeah. We're talking to Tyler Cast, THV 11 over in Little Rock. He's our Arkansas insider here on the Blitz 1170 at 833. Bryce? Tyler, as you said, the baseball team was able to beat up on Grambling last night. Uh, they come, they're coming off that trip to Arlington uh, facing Oregon State, OSU, Michigan. Uh, what did you learn from them over that weekend? Uh, the, the pitching is maybe even better than advertised, and it was advertised as, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty good. They put up the starting pitchers in that three-game stretch uh, against mostly good competition. Michigan didn't look great, but the, the, the Arkansas starters combined to strike out. I think it's 33 of 61 batters faced. I did the math. 54% of batters faced by the Arkansas starting pitchers over the weekend struck out, um, which is which is impressive. And that's really you should win all three of those games when that happens. Uh, as you guys Arkansas lost Oklahoma State in a game where the Arkansas pitching staff set a program record with 25 combined strikeouts. So as good as the pitching was, the bats, I think, are a little bit more worrisome than people thought. Um, it was always going to be a team where pitching was the, the strength first and foremost, and the bats would do enough. Uh, but that hasn't, or that didn't quite materialize over the weekend. The Oklahoma State game being a perfect example where they had, you know, base runner after base runner just couldn't push guys across. Um, 21 to 1 against Grambling then uh, <laughs> yesterday. That's a little bit maybe to, to soothe down. I mean, they hit two grand slams. Uh, Grambling was also, you know, they had multiple guys who were topping out at, you know, low 80s uh, with their fastballs and they were breaking pitches in the, in the 50s. So it, it's not exactly the kind of pitching that Arkansas is going to have to face, you know, during the more important games of the year. Yeah, no kidding. Let's go back to that Friday game, though. Hagen Smith, 17 strikeouts in six innings. I mean, I've seen really good performances in high in, in college baseball, but holy crap. It was it was almost comical. Like, you'd look and it'd be like, oh, he struck out the first three. That's pretty good. Oh, through two innings, he, he struck out the side twice, and then he just kept doing it i mean you know the the kind of funny disappointment of what was it got to the the sixth inning before he he induces a pop-up and you're like ah darn that that wasn't a strikeout but yeah i mean what exactly what you needed to because you know his first start of the season after all the hype he doesn't make it out of the first or he doesn't make it into the second inning against james madison and you know yeah you know he gave a couple runs there was a 
home run that Dave Van Horn insists was pushed out by the wind, and that's what got Hagen. It was 25 degrees, so we're going to pull him. But you still, you know, you left that a little disappointed. Uh, the only person who didn't seem at all worried was was Dave Van Horn. Uh, after the game, he, he said something along the lines of, "Yeah, no, I don't, I don't worry. Uh, I don't really talk to Hagen about pitching. Uh, when I see him, I ask him how his dog is." because <laughs> he knows how to pitch. He doesn't need me to say anything to him about pitching. And, uh, yeah, then he goes out and set, ties a program record with 17 strikeouts. Yeah, um, I think he so, knows how to pitch, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, look, through two games, Hagen has struck out 17 batters. You'd be totally happy with that if that was just the, the sentence on its own. Oh, he did all that in one game? Mm-hmm. Great. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's something else. Yeah, and you know, that Oregon State game, because we're still talking about what happened down in Arlington. Again, we're talking to Tyler Cass from THV 11 in Little Rock, Arkansas Insider. The Oregon State game is one, to me, it's impressive. They're number seven team in the nation. It's a, you know, it was kind of a dry, knockdown drag out at five to four. It says a little something, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, that, that it was even that, that close says a little something, I think, about the, the Arkansas bullpen and offense. I mean, when, you're, when your starter gives you something like that and then doesn't even get the win, uh, just goes, you know, to further illustrate the the silliness of putting too much stock in pitcher wins as a stat. Hagen ends with a no decision because, and then the the bullpen that blew the lead gets the win. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you look at what that Oregon State offense did the rest of the weekend, and it becomes even more impressive what Hagen did because, like you said, I mean, that's a, that's a top ten team. Uh, no matter which poll you like. Uh, it's a team that has, you know, sites on Omaha, has some of the best hitters in the country, and they look silly against Hagan. And, it, you know, he's not – he's throwing harder than he's ever thrown. I mean, those first couple innings, the fastball's in the upper 90s, uh, almost touching triple digits. And uh, that's almost something he's added th- th- this season is, is velocity. But the, the get-out pitch, the strikeout pitch was a slider. And it's it's become one of those pitches where everyone knows it's coming. Two strikes. Oregon State knows they're getting they're getting the slider, and he still just has such incredible command of it that you, it looks like they don't know what's coming, even when everyone in the building knows what's coming. So it's in the not a lineup that he's he's not going to face too many lineups that are that are better than that throughout the season. And yeah, I mean it's he's a guy who could set some records in a program that's had really good pitching before. What'd you think of uh, Oklahoma State in the game there? Oh, man. From a pure neutral observer, that that was a fun baseball game. I mean, coming down to, to a suicide squeeze and extra innings, that, and that, that took some guts, too, to make that call with two strikes. Uh, for being honest, it probably shouldn't have got there. Uh, real bad zone all night. Uh, both ways, but it seemed to, to favor Arkansas in, in bigger situations. Um, but yeah, I mean, really impressed, I think, with the Oklahoma State pitching yeah. staff for just shutting down that Arkansas offense time and time again in big situations. And then, you know, on the other side, doing just enough. Just a real disappointing one for Arkansas because they really felt like the opportunities were there. Arkansas fans, you know. Everyone is always so biased against them. It's the whole world against Arkansas. They didn't know what to do with themselves when a crucial, crucial, you know, missed strike ball call went in their favor and extended extended the game. There was some flailing going on, but yeah, no, it 
that's one you you probably want back if you're Arkansas, but you you take the weekend as a whole as a win. Yeah, that's right. but there's no question it took some onions to make that call on the suicide. Uh, quickly to softball before we go, a three game winning streak, last loss back to Wichita State, but playing as well as you thought. Oh yeah, I mean you, Hagen goes 17 strikeouts in six innings, and then the next day Robin Heron in the circle almost one-ups him, throwing a, a perfect game, just the second perfect game in Arkansas softball history. Uh, so it's been kind of similar to the baseball game where the, the pitching has been just an incredible strong point uh, and the offense has left, left a little to be desired. Um, and that one's almost, you know, unlike with baseball, the opposite of what we thought. The offense was a little bit of a more known quantity. The pitching, well, it's who's going to step up. Uh, Robin Heron obviously steps up when, when you've got someone throwing a perfect game. But beyond that, you, they're still kind of waiting, I think, for a lot of the big transfer pieces in the offense to to click, to really set set in. So I think it's a team that would be happy with how they started, but definitely, you know, they're, they're, they feel like this has the capability of being a top 10 team, not just, you know, a 15 to 20. Yeah. Uh, last thing, and this will be about football. We're not that far from spring. Um, any news, anything popping, any expectations, or is it just, all right, let's go find out who's playing quarterback. Well, let's go find out who's playing quarterback. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we got, we got, you know, some of the key dates uh, they announced last week and you know, March 7th is when they'll start spring practice. We'll have 13 of those bad boys before the spring game. Um, and then, yeah, get things started down, down here in Little Rock. Uh, it's also this. It, as far as quarterback battles go, it is it, it'll be a bit more exciting, I think, than uh, worrisome because Arkansas fans in recent years have a bit of a checkered checkered past. Let's say with quarterback battles, because during the Chad Morris era, that became an issue where you had three to four guys starting quarterback throughout the season because that decision could just never be made, and it was bad and Eventually, you had true true freshman KJ Jefferson coming into games and you know looking good, and then not and then getting benched in favor of Connor Nolan, who then quit to be a baseball pitcher. It's all over the place. This is not that. It's it's a bunch of capable guys. So it's going to be fun. All right, Tyler, we appreciate it as always. You go ahead and do those parental duties, and we'll keep watching that softball, baseball, and, and maybe uh, who knows? You know, basketball, like you said, you'd want a couple. Maybe you make some kind of a run in the SEC. I mean, there's always something to look forward to. Hey, could Caleb Battle be Kemba Walker? Probably not, but you never know. <laughs> it's great to have you with us. It's Tyler Cass from THV 11 in Little Rock. He is our Arkansas insider. It's 843 here on the Blitz 1170. I'm Rick Corey, along with Bryce Halson. You know, when you're when you're covering a team like like he is, you do. I mean, you certainly you want to see him perform, but man, it's frustrating when when you've got a team that you're you're working with and they just stink. Yeah, <laughs> and when they shouldn't, when when they when you you can't figure out why. I mean, they've been really good, and you come in with expectations, and then there's just something about it that keeps going on, and you just there's this pall that follows you around. You know, now it's probably different for a guy doing television like that because he's a little bit of everywhere. You know, yeah. for say someone like Bruce and I, if we're broadcasting a team for a long period of time, then there's you know you go through a season, mm. and there were there were a couple of basketball seasons, some with Bojic and some with Frank, that were like, mm. this just isn't good, and you know there's this feeling of, I really I consider my job as a get to, not a got to, uh, but there are 
can occasionally be those feelings of, oh, we have to do this again. Yeah, <laughs> especially when you have players on this team that were a part of those tournament runs and you have the best transfer class coming into here. Uh, you can certainly feel for him when you when you lose to Vanderbilt, and it's like even in a season that's had so many downs, this is really a, a rock bottom situation for, for this team to go through. It's well, I, it's not good. It, it's not good for anybody. It, it's just too doggone bad, is what it is. But I, I would hope for you know, right now the way things are going in baseball and softball, they're going to be fine. And I just like to see the team bounce back in football. I, yeah. especially as OU and Texas goes to the SEC, you would like to see everybody raise their game there. Yes, again, we understand Vanderbilt. <laughs> Poor Vandy. <laughs> I mean, outside baseball, you go, yeah, 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 and Vanderbilt. Yeah, yeah. And it's just that's way. Darn good law school. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And they're, they're in Nashville. So mm-hmm. if you like hot chicken, you know, mm-hmm. there's a good thing there as well. But I would like to see Sam. I like Sam. I mean, I don't see anybody couldn't. Love to see right. Sam keep his job. And, you know, in this day and age of the way college athletics works, all you got to do is have one more bad year, and you might not even yeah. get the whole year if you have a bad job. Yeah. If you, you know, and you're, you're out. Which we'll, is, get, we'll get to see him coming to Stillwater next year. You know, yeah. that's going to be a fun one to watch. It is. All right, I got a couple of notes. I, I just found out, I just saw uh, a note about uh, an NFL team losing their stadium sponsor. I'll tell you who that is. And that's a that's a fifteen million dollar revenue thing they're gonna lose like that. Oof. I know it's the NFL and you're thinking they just increased the salary cap by what was it, thirty, so it's not a mm-hmm. big deal. Hey, money's money. I'll tell you about it next year on the Blitz. The Blitz eleven seventy stream is brought to you by Duck Creek Casino, your hometown casino. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Oklahoma Sooners will be on the road tonight looking for their 20th win of the season. They'll be at 8th-ranked Iowa State. Tip-off for that one is at 7 o'clock. And tonight here on the Blitz, the Oklahoma State Cowboys will host UCF. That one tips off at 7 with a 6 o'clock pregame here on the Blitz 1170. In college basketball last night, Vanderbilt got the win over Arkansas at Bud Walton Arena, 85-82. 16th-ranked Kentucky beats Mississippi State, 91-89, thanks to the game-winning two by Reed Shepard. And BYU upset 7th-ranked KU in Fog Allen to snap the Jayhawks' 19-game home winning streak, 76-68. That's the Winter World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Hulse on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. And if you do that right now in the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line, well, it would just be nice. Uh, uh, Bryce is in the next room. That's Bryce Also, I'm Rick Corey, and Troy Aikman's right out there. He is standing out on our porch. Man. I know. Jeremy's out there with him right now, kind of trying to see if he can get an interview with him. He is, uh, Troy's here today. He's around Tulsa today because they're debuting his eight beer. Uh, Tom Gilbert, who is our beer dude, the beer blogger from the, what the ale is going to be on with us Friday. And he's going to have a chance to try it today and he's going to preview it. Now, Jeremy's had it before down in Texas because that's the first market. We are going to be the second market. Which is cool. I mean, he's from Oklahoma, and of course, yeah. he played here for Switzer for a while before he went to UCLA. Uh, and Switzer actually got him a job at a dealership as a distributorship, actually, in in uh, back when he was young. And that's how he kind of well, everybody who's young develops an interest in beer. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how he got more interested in things, you know, about more than that. Then he wanted to. If you read the, it's been really interesting to read this. 
if you read about him creating beer, it's not just like a dude wanted to go out and make some money. Aikman doesn't need money. I mean, he's making money from his TV broadcast stuff, you know, and he's, he made a lot of money in football. Not a money issue with him, and he has businesses too. He wanted to create a beer that, he, as he called it, was clean. So when it comes to how good it is for you, and, you know, we're not all going to grab a beer and go, well, this is the best thing I'm going to eat today when it comes to food. <laughs> but, well, I mean, it might be the best, but uh, he wanted to create something really clean. So th this thing is minus a lot of the stuff that makes beer bad for you. Huh. Um, and if you read about it, it's really pretty neat. And again, Jeremy says it's good. Did you have one when you were down there with Colby? Uh, no, no, I, I saw, I saw his restaurant yeah. at the, at Texas live and everything. I wasn't able to get my hands on it though. Yeah. Well, I haven't had it either, but you know, I, I, uh, we'll see and it's going to be available. It should be in grocery stores and convenience stores Good. pretty soon. Uh, but he's going to be around today at some private events and going to some distributorships and some places to try to promote you carrying the beer, but right here on the, uh, channel six, um, uh, Coca-Cola patio. He's out there right now. So Jeremy's got a recorder and he's out there. Hopefully we'll be able to get something that Jeremy can use tomorrow or I me mean today on the, the, the show with pop and Colby. Yeah. And if they get it, we'll make sure that we run it tomorrow morning too. Mm -hmm. So we can let him let you all know just to hear from Troy. I just read the article about it and I thought it was really pretty interesting, especially somebody. And he's still, Jeremy said, you know, I forgot how big he is. <laughs> uh, Troy's not little. He's like six, three or six, four. Yeah. Uh, and he's solid and he still works out a lot. And he said, I, walk by and realize how big he is. So Jeremy's who's six four, six four and a half out there with him right now to see if he can't get him for a few minutes as well. They kind of snuck him in a side door and back out. 854 here on the Blitz 1170. Okay, I mentioned there, an NFL team just lost its uh, naming rights um, sponsor and that team is Washington Commanders. FedEx has pulled oh. their stadium rights deal. Now it's only the last I think it's year so it's 15 million in remaining revenue they're losing. Uh, and this comes right after they announced upgrades. So they just announced they're going to do work on the stadium, and now they've lost this. It makes you wonder, okay, did you know this beforehand? Yeah. You know, or or was this a surprise? Did you just get a certified letter from FedEx this morning saying, we're out? And there's got to be a point in the contract at which they can, so you probably understand there's a certain point at which someone could opt out. I'm assuming. I, I don't know. I Never it seems like odd timing. Right? It know? does, considering you just announced upgrades. Yeah. Uh, but we know new ownership group, all that. There should be momentum there. It might not matter. And look, it's an NFL stadium. Someone's going to buy the naming rights. Yeah. But it's not very often you hear you may it makes news when you hear one that just loses it. A uh, piece of better news, and we mentioned this to start the show. Big Twelve is decided that the wrestling championships will stay in Tulsa through twenty twenty eight. It's a wonderful venue for it. It's a great place. It's easy to get. I, I love it. And I mentioned that we had found the drunkest fan bases in the NFL. So this is based on blood alcohol content readings for an app that they found over 28,000 uses of this app. So people would use the app to make sure they could easily drive home without being arrested. So, Bryce Hulse, who do you think the drunkest fan base in the NFL is? The Buffalo Bills. Uh, not even top 10. Come on, man. You seen their tailgate? I have, and I, I have oh. seen Jason Kelsey at that tailgate. <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking earlier too. Is you maybe, know what? Maybe it doesn't they just count don't. since if they're not in the stadium, right? But maybe they don't use the app. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> maybe in Buffalo they just go. Nope, going home anyway. Uh, Chicago Bears. Final you, answer. I think with Buffalo, it's it snows enough there. You have to drive safe anyway. <laughs> Tennessee. 
All right. The Titans average average blood alcohol content reading after a game zero point nine three seven. You you know what? There are times you have to drink to watch them. So yeah. that does make sense. Mm-hmm. That would make watching that easier. Because I feel about, out the door. Let's... Yeah. Because I feel about Tannehill like I feel about when I watch Duke and A and M. He's one guy that frustrates <laughs> the life out of me. Because he seems to be an okay guy and all that, and at times he's brilliant, but then at times you look at him and go, what the hell are you thinking? You didn't have to feel that way as much when he was at A&M, right? <laughs> no, he was pretty good down there. Yeah. Uh, and but by then I hated A&M. Yeah. I wasn't a fan oh, yeah. until my daughter got there. And, yeah, that was a few years before. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, I think, isn't he the last quarterback to beat OSU uh, from A&M? Or Oklahoma, I can't remember uh, which one. <laughs> I think he's uh, maybe, the last to beat one of them. Yeah, maybe OU in 2010. Yeah, might, might have been. Uh, the Colts are second, and again, I think you'd have to drink to watch them. The Saints are third, and that makes total sense. Mm. First time I was in an NFL yeah. stadium was 1978, and it was the Superdome, and I was in there to see the Saints. And at that time, Earl was it Earl, yeah, Earl Campbell was playing for them. And oh, wow. I walked into the stadium, and hey, I'm an Oklahoma guy. I'd been to high school and college games. I didn't know anything about going to an NFL game. I walk in the NFL stadium, and I start walking around the Superdome. And on my right is the field. So on the left, of course, is like the concourse and like the, the concessions and all that kind of stuff. But along the right side, there were these kiosks. And I look over the concession stand, hot dogs and, you know, sodas, and, oh, there's a beer thing over there. And I look over to the right to the kiosk, frozen margaritas, go to the next one, and it's and it's frozen this, you go to the next one, and it's shots, and you go to the next one. God, I'm in New Orleans, yeah. wow. <laughs> it was an interesting did, did, night. Did you have that thought, maybe, like, wow, maybe all NFL stadiums are like this or anything I didn't, like that? You know, I was just like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I just got, I got big-eyed right there. Uh, the Packers are number four. That makes total sense. The Raiders oh. are number five, and they, they're probably probably mad they're not higher the buccaneers literally are sixth seahawks seventh broncos eight the panthers the Bengals, the cowboys cardinals vikings ravens the commanders and the jaguars least drunk fan base of all is what do you think the rams the jets wow they have... <laughs> <laughs> that was telling <laughs> i mean you talk about willpower that's willpower right there. God bless you. Uh, yeah, no kidding. The Chiefs are near the bottom. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I guess I can. I can understand, and I can't understand. Right? You know, <laughs> no need to drink, but certainly they have excuses to. Yeah, I, to have fun. I know they yeah. have a good time in the press box. Yeah. I mean, well, uh, yeah, I've been there for that, I, but I know they have a good time in the tailgates as well because I've done a couple <laughs> of those out there. So yeah, I just thought that one was really interesting. I've got another one tomorrow. We'll get into a little bit later on. What did you get him? <laughs> I wish we had TV. Know your grievances. <laughs> Tune in to the Pop and Colby, uh, the show from three to six. I'm sure this will be a, a story at there at some point. That's going to do it for us. We'll see you back here tomorrow on another Friday. We call that. That's what we call Thursdays, including with Ryan Aber. Oh, you insider will do it. Now, coming up next, Dan Patrick, then Rich Eisen, then the show with Pop and Colby right here on the Blitz 1170. Stay warm out there.